welcome to the Apex Church Podcast. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoyed today's message. Be sure to check out our website at www.apexchurch.org.uk and let us know you've been listening. Now prepare your heart to hear a word from God today. Well, good morning Apex Church and good morning to everyone who is here. I'll be honest, it's never often that you see me at this side of the church. You'll often see me maybe at the front door as welcome on a Sunday, uh, giving you a welcome to the church or even maybe giving your children a big high five as they take off up the steps. It's funny, on my mobile phone there are four numbers on my phone who, who when they call their number or name flashes up on my phone. and. Uh, Every time that these people call, they call wanting me to do something or they're asking me to help or they're looking for me for something. And it's funny because these four people are in church this morning. They would be Pastor Dan, Pastor Neil, Matthew Morgan and my wife Louise. Because every time they call, they're always looking for something. So a few weeks ago, Pastor Dan called and asked if I would uh, take part in this service today. So fast forward a few weeks and here I am. When you're asked to speak in church, it's funny because uh, you think, the first thing you think is no, not me. I mean, what can I say to a congregation of 150 or 180 people on a Sunday morning? Surely there's nothing that I can bring or nothing that I can say that will be of any good. And you see, the more you tell yourself that, the more the enemy sets in. He'll try to deceive you, he'll try to discourage you, He'll try to put you off track. He'll try to pull you away. But once you get him at bay and get him under control, it then becomes clear. But when you're asked to speak, there comes a great responsibility in church. A responsibility in the fact that what you're saying has to be right, has to be true, has to be just, and has to be biblical. As most of you are aware, the last few weeks we've been working through the sermon series, God's Got This. When Pastor Dan asked me to speak this week, on the sermon series, God's Got This, I could have spoke of a few things, to be honest. I could have spoke about when God, when God broke through, when God took away, when God gave, when God blessed. There's so many things that I could have spoken of. But to be honest, I felt God clearly speaking and saying, speak about the most precious thing that you've got. So for a moment I thought, then I thought, was the, what was the most precious thing that I had? Was it my new extension on my house that I've worked pretty hard to get? No, he says, it's a good extension, but it's not that. I says, I wonder, is it my job? No, your job's important, but it's not that. So again, I wondered, what was it? Was it the new watch that I bought before I was married? The one that I never wear? No, it's a nice watch, but it's, it's not that. So again, I thought, and then it came, the most precious thing that I have on this earth would be my family. You see, this year my wife and I have been married for 10 years. Now for me, that's a crazy thought, 10 whole years of marriage. To be honest, I wonder where the time has went. But when Louise and I met and we knew that uh, we were gonna get married, once I knew that she was the one, we began to look at the big life questions like, where would we live? Where would we stay? What kind of house would we have? Would we have children? When would we have children? And to be honest, the one thing that we did agree on was that we would have children fairly early on in our marriage. Now, I'm an honest kind of guy, and I'm not going to lie today. 
that Louise and I had children very quick in our marriage. In fact, so much so that we were married on the Saturday. We left for honeymoon on the Sunday. And I'll be honest, there's every chance that Louise was maybe pregnant by the Monday. I almost nine years down the, almost nine months to date, baby Sophie arrives on the scene. Not long after that, baby Emily arrives on the scene. The family of four is almost complete. Job done, everything is good. Fast forward a few years once Louise has gotten everything back together and gotten herself top line, dare I say it. Louise is then asking for baby number three. Sophie and Emily have came to the age where they're asking for a puppy for a small dog. COVID-19 makes an appearance and Boris Johnston puts us into lockdown. Nine months later, the family of four soon become the family of five. Baby Lucy now joins the team. So here I am today, one wife, three daughters, and there is still no dog. It would seem that every day in our home is a woman's kind of day. But on a serious note, Louise and I feel incredibly, incredibly blessed and incredibly grateful for the children that we have. To us, they're perfect in every way. They are, to us, they're unique, they're beautiful, and they're a true blessing from God himself. You see, becoming a parent is probably one of the most proudest moments of your life. There's so much joy and so much happiness, but with the joy and with the happiness comes so much responsibility. You see, from the newborn stage to the infant to the toddler, every season will bring its own challenge. Now, we are yet to reach the teenage years, but I can only imagine that when we do, the challenge will be even greater then than what it is today. Louise and I had the three girls dedicated in this church. In fact, in this very building that we're in today, we've had them dedicated over the years. You see, dedication does not, make the, does not claim the salvation of the child. Dedication does not mean that you've made the decision for them. Dedicating your child does not make them a Christian. You see, for us as believing parents, what it did do, it made us make a commitment before the church, before the church family, and before God that we would try our best to raise our children according to God's word and to God's laws. A few weeks back, you may remember, Pastor Dan preached on this, this theme, God's got this. And he spoke, if only we had a remote control, if we could maybe fast forward to all the good bits of life and maybe miss out the not so good bits. I'll be honest, Louise and I today are wishing that we had that remote control, not to fast forward, but to pause or maybe even rewind. You see, life is passing us by so quick, and the gir our girls are growing so fast in an ever-changing world. You see, the, in Proverbs, the Bible tells us to train a child the way that they should go, and from that way they will not depart. You see, that's wise words. That's, that's amazing words. It's great words of wisdom. But as a parent, if you're speaking that verse over your children, you need to be sure that you're moving in the same direction. You need to speak the verse, but also do the verse with the children also. You see, we have an example to set, to show them and to teach them right from wrong. Explain the good, but also make them so aware of the bad. In our house, I often think, Louise and I often speak, that we're not just raising daughters. We're raising, potentially, a future wife. And if it's God's will, hopefully, one day, a future mother. And it's our challenge just now to, 
to set the scene, to be the example, to show them what the family value is. Let them understand what that family unit should look like according to God's word. I guess the hardest place to be a Christian is in the house. The hardest place for you to be a Christian is at home because your wife knows exactly what you're like. Husband, most of the time you know exactly what your wife is like. And your children know exactly which button to push to take you from zero to almost the point of no return. Sometimes in our house it's the little things that catch me out. I'll be honest, Louise and I very rarely uh, need to have an argument or set up for battle against each other. However, we're only human, and in our house there are times that we would have an intense moment of fellowship. Let's just call it that for just now and leave it there. But you see, it's little things that sometimes catch me out. If we ever have a moment like that, and if I turn away, or if I do an eye roll, or if I shake my head, there's always three little girls ready to tell mummy just exactly what daddy has just done. And you see, every parent now has a choice. Every parent has a choice to raise your children either by the way of the world or by the way of God's word. You see, for me, I believe that it's one or the other. It's this road or it's that road, and it can't be both. You see, the way of God would bring joy, peace, happiness. It will bring prosperity, and hopefully it will bring, in the end, eternal life in heaven. And you see, if we go the way of the world, it will bring endless pain. It will bring endless suffering. It will bring rebellion and everything else that goes with it. Just look around us today and see the world that we're in. You see, as parents today, we have chosen God. And it's our ambition and our hope that we would serve God and God alone. Because if we don't teach our children today who God is, someone else will teach them tomorrow everything that he isn't. Now there's a thought. If we don't teach our children today everything that God is, then someone else will definitely teach them everything that he isn't. You see, I believe with the children it's my duty to let my children know that God has created the heavens and the earth. It's my duty to let my children know that God made man and woman. You see, it's my belief and it's my duty, I believe, to let my children know that man and woman should be married. It's my duty to let my children know about the Ten Commandments and that they're not the Ten Recommendations, that they are indeed God's law. It's my duty to let my children know that there is one God and not many gods. It's our duty to let them know that he's the everlasting God. He's the God of hope, he's the God of peace, he's the God of joy, and he's the soon coming king. It's my duty to let my children know, and to let our children know, the true meaning of the Christmas message. And lastly, it's our duty also, among many other things, to let them know the true meaning of the Easter message, not just the chocolate Easter egg. You see, church, if we fail our children today, we run the risk that we lose a generation. And this morning, let's accept and believe that we should not be responsible for the generation that God does not know. You see, the Bible tells us that children are a blessing from God. Now this morning, I'm going to be honest, I'm going to tell you the truth. There are days that I find that verse one of the most hardest and difficult verses in the Bible to accept. But it's there in black and white. It tells us, David tells us in the Psalms, that the children are indeed a blessing from God. And they are. 
You see, you can buy your children this and you can buy them that. You can give them this and you can give them that. Or maybe you can't. Maybe you can't give them everything. But there's one thing that we can all give them, and that's our time. I wonder this morning, will you give food for thought? Will you make time this week? Will you make time today, this week, or even this weekend? We can all make time and give them Jesus. I wonder, will you let them listen to that YouTube video of that Christian songs? Will you, will you take them to Mega on Friday night? But let's take time and give our children Jesus. You see, no matter what in life, our children will grow to be teenagers. As I've said, we are yet to reach those teenage years. And as a father of three girls, I, I will admit that that's probably one of my greatest fears, is when they become teenagers. You see, as parents trying to raise godly children in an ungodly world, often, often I'll say, God, this is an unfair fight. God, this battle is not fair. For looking at the world we live in today, God, this battle is not fair. Because today we don't go looking for evil. You see, the evil will come looking for us. If you take nothing else away from this service today, take this. When the world is at its very worst, the Christians should be at their very best. Let me say it again. When the world is at its very worst, the Christians should be at their very best. Because it would seem just now that the world is screaming lies and the church, the church is whispering the truth so scared to offend, yet while the world will offend God on a daily basis. It's in 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 that we read, but the Lord is faithful. But the Lord is faithful. He will establish you and he will guard you against the evil one. Now church, as the church awaits the imminent arrival of Jesus Christ, if there was a need for us to remain faithful, then it's now. You see, this verse reminds us that what we hope for is what we live for. What we hope for is what we live for. I wonder this morning, what is your hope in? And in whom do you hope? And where is your hope? You see, in the quietness of my heart, daily or every other day, I will often say, God, you've got this. God, you're the unchanging God. You were the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. God, you had it yesterday. God, you've got this today. And God, you will have it tomorrow. As time is running out, I wonder if for one moment you will come with me in your mind back to World War II. For many people in this room today and watching me today, you will never, we will never know the brutality that World War II was. We'll never know what what lay ahead of these soldiers and troops as they went to battle. But let me tell you this, amongst all of the madness and horror that was happening in World War II, there was a logo, there was a slogan, there was a saying that simply said this, stand your post and do your duty. Stand your post and do your duty. At church this morning, the question has to be asked. I wonder this morning, will you pick up your cross Will you do your duty? Will you stand your post? And will you declare with me this morning that as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen.